the universe has many horrors yet to throw at us. This is not the end of our struggle. This is just the beginning of our crusade to save humanity. In the grim darkness of the 41st millennium, there is only war, there is only dice and pipes. This is a sad episode. (laughs) (laughs) Not not because something upsetting happens. (laughs) Just just due to the toes, it's just so pathetic. It's so sad. Uh, Oh my God. Well, welcome uh, to the Dyson Pipes podcast, Warhammer edition. <laughs> a very dour dude, Dyson Pipes. D- dude, dour. Yes, yes, dour. That's that's a great word. We're to a little describe. blue, a little little blue. Um, I'm very, I'm sad. I'm sad that I have to bring this up today. It just, but it has to be brought up. It has to, because this shit has to stop. And my fear is it just continues to grow. But we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, Again, this is uh, Dyson Pipes Warhammer Edition, uh, where we explore the uh, the trials and tribulations of Bannon Spayburn. He's he's been on a pretty decent quest so far. We'll see later on yeah. today where this takes him, um, and then we'll come back after the uh, gameplay. We'll discuss uh, what he's done and and go from there, and hopefully have a couple of drinks, a couple of laughs. Uh, we'll roll to drink a couple of times. I did realize last week I did say that I was a little fucked up, which I am again today. Um, I, I didn't roll once, so I'm hoping... Have a key near, Brian, and call me out of some bullshit because I would like to drink more today. I will. How are you? I'm good. Uh, something exciting came in the mail. Oh. Um, I got ping pong balls uh, that are a little weightier, so when I when I pretend to throw magic missiles... Fucking I could, stop it. Don't, what? Don't, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. What? So what were you saying? You have ping pong balls. So when you throw them and they act like magic missiles because you're a douchebag, yes? I mean, I don't, it didn't say any of that in the instruction manual. No, I'm pretty sure it did. You, fine print. It, it comes with a, like a launcher that attaches underneath my... my. So what are you smoking today, Brian? Uh, uh, I have my... <laughs> I have my plum pudding, Chris. Um, and I'm going to have to ask you to roll... What did I do? Uh, you forgot to mention Instagram and Twitter. Fuck me. Please explain the rules as I shake these dice. Uh, so normally this is, uh, I guess it's just going to encompass fuck-ups. When we fuck up, the other person calls us out, and uh, you have to roll to see if you're going to drink. Uh, and I believe I'm going to make you roll twice, because I didn't see a wrath dice in there. I believe you're going to have to roll. Fuck. Because this is a rat dice. And I pass, by the way. I have uh, three icons. You, on the other hand, have a knack for rolling two. Uh, so for calling me out and being wrong, Brian is going to roll. Our target number, our DN, as they say in the Warhammer Wrath and Glory community, is a three. We're rolling four dice, one wrath. And that's not looking so good for Brian. So I got one icon. Good, good. And, and a I got a... One <laughs> on my wrath dice. <laughs> that is two drinks out of the gate. And Brian is correct. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fuck you. Dice and Pipes. 
I'm going to drink with you because I need a drink. I'm very parched. <laughs> so, so, Mouth is very dry. So dry. Very dry. All right, we're off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you started with this fucking ping pong ball nonsense. So let's let's skip that for now. Yeah, so I was lying. No, I know you were. You're <laughs> just trying to aggravate me. Nothing is good in my life right now. This is a very dour <laughs> episode. I hope I, <laughs> I hope a car crashes through this studio and On wipes me out. West Bank. Removes me from my corporeal form. Ooh, corporeal. This is, this is the emo episode. Emo wow. and pipes. So you're on the north side of the West Bank yeah. of the campus. So hopefully a southbound car goes through the north side of the westbound bank campus and hits me. Wow, that was pretty good. Somebody needs to draw some map. Let's see if they can figure <laughs> out what the fuck is going on here. Give me three days. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, real yeah, quick. I'm sorry. Uh, on Instagram, please check out um, Dark Real Maps on Instagram. Ooh. Their maps are fucking amazing. Or uh, if it's one person, I don't know. Who uh, is Dark Real Maps? It, it, I, that's their username. I don't know who they are. I've never actually uh, communicated with them. Oh, okay. But I'm going to pull them up real quick. Yeah, here we go. Top image. Uh, all he sees, nice. Oh, sorry. It changed. Uh, where are you, you little fucker? What sort of maps are they? With it's all hand D&D drawn maps. maps. Yeah. Okay, so it's all hand drawn D and D maps. Also, uh, I can't seem to find them right now. Dark real maps. Check them out. But uh, I did find these sons of bitches on Etsy. Oh, no fucking way. They're four dollars plus seven shipping from R- Russia. Uh, I'm totally going to attach these to some firearms that I have. How big are they're, they? Uh, they're faith seals, by the way. Yeah, yeah. How? How? Uh, uh, no way. So they cost more to ship than they do to buy. Yeah, because it's coming from Mother Russia, from the motherland. Okay. All right. Good. I'm interested to see uh, when you get them and when your bank account is hacked. Um, <laughs> How are you? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, probably not so good after you have no money in your bank and you have to move in with me because your money goes to Vladimir. Right. Just saying. So you're having a little plum pudding. I am also, uh, I'm smoking the same shit as last week. That that Navy Flake, I'm enjoying it. I'm on a Navy Flake kick. So I'm smoking some Navy Flake, having a little Woodford. Uh, Michael J is, uh, he just really wants us to finish up this bottle. I think it's almost it as if us. they give us a bottle and then we have to drink that bottle until it's gone. <laughs> and yeah. then Michael gives us another bottle. But I, I I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like is it is it bad because we're not drinking the bottle fast enough? Like we're we're a couple of episodes in now, uh where we've been drinking solely Woodford. Like is he trying to I make mean, us that, alcoholics? To be fair, that bottle was almost full when we began our uh, today's adventure. Yeah, that is true. And I could feel, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, in my in my jaw, in my jaw, yeah. it's starting to tighten up a little bit, and I, or, or loosen up maybe. Is probably more loosen. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm very careful with my enunciation. Yes. Of words. Yes. I'm trying to prevent myself from rolling, even though I should be rolling more to kind of add to the show. But I did mention Dyson pipes, right? At Instagram and yes. Twitter. Yes. Because fuck you, Facebook. We don't give a fuck. Um. I just roll for fun and I failed. <laughs> I don't even know why I rolled. Why did you roll? I'm going to drink anyway because I failed. All right. We're setting a dangerous precedent. Yes. Yeah, we- 
Like every time you want to take a drink, you roll to see if you actually want to drink. No, we can't do that. That's no. fucking horrible. No, the only sound that people will hear is just a shit. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good. Um, I'm going to discuss today something that's been bothering me for a very long time. Do you want to make a toast, perhaps? It weighs so heavy on my conscience <laughs> that I, it, it, it pains me to even lift this glass. But yes, we're going to toast. My toast today, Brian, is to LARPing. God, I have a problem with LARPing. Now, I actually had to do some research on this because I've heard the term before and I've seen these douchebags doing it before, um, but I never, I never knew exactly what LARPing stood for. Do you know what LARPing stands for? Live action role play. So you're part of the problem. <laughs> no, That's I'm, what this is. I'm educated. You're, you're you're an educated on the side of the part of the right. problem. Have you ever dressed up in an outfit? Maybe? Halloween. Now, outside of Halloween, oh. um, have you ever worn the uh, the garb that one would wear in like a medieval or even in in this environment in a Warhammer campaign, and maybe gone into the fields? Uh, with a bunch of your friends and just kind of like role played, but like in live action. I do have a LARPing story. This might be our last episode, people. <laughs> no, might no, no, be. No. Oh, the, the, not you. I, I'm pretty sure I've told you this story before, but uh, me and my buddy Mike, uh, we were driving around the uh, the greater Utica area. Okay, where I once uh, habitated. And he had to use the bathroom, and I wanted something to drink, possibly vice versa. I'm not sure. Uh, we stopped at this place, and it said Game Cave on the top. And I, at the time, needed a new power cord for my PS1, the, oh, wow. the original PlayStation. My power cord was uh, failing. I see this thing, a neon sign, Game Cave. It looked like a neon sign straight out of Streets of Rage. Yes. Uh, hey, maybe this place has uh, a bathroom, a vending machine. We can stop, get a power cord. So whatever. We pull into the parking lot. We get out. We walk in, and I'm greeted by an employee, I believe. <coughs> Please. Uh, when I walk in, I don't see any electronics anywhere. I see lots of very large tables. And people surrounding a few of these tables. And a man comes briskly walking up to me and says, Ah, fair adventurers. Now, it's important to note that I'm into playing d and I'm into video games. I'm into all this shit, especially back then. I do not know what to say to this man. What is he wearing? Uh, like a... In my mind, it's like a polo shirt and like khakis. So he's like dressed normal. In. Yeah. But he just refers to you as you walk into the store as fair adventures. Yes. And I don't remember what Mike did. Knowing Mike the way I do, he probably just... Punched kept, him in the face? No, just no. kept walking and pretending like he didn't know me and just left me <laughs> with this guy. <laughs> I like Mike. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm looking for a power cord for my... PlayStation. Oh, I don't. We don't have that. But 
if you wish, you could join the adventure. And I look over, and there's a group of people at a table. I'm assuming they're playing Warhammer or a similar uh, fantasy-style war game because there's a huge motherfucker, uh, no, no less than 400 pounds, wearing shoulder pads, like football, football shoulder pads, with rubber spikes in them, uh, very similar to like Legion of Doom from yes. wrestling. And he's got a mountain of dice in his hand that he's... Uh, oh, he's just shuffling the dice. Yeah. And he looks to his left, and he looks to his right. Let's do this. <laughs> and he tosses his dice onto the table. And it, Mike, it's time to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's time to go. Uh, that and when I dated the werewolf. Those are my only two... No, save that story. Yeah. Um. So let let's let's finish describing the table. So this guy is wearing uh he's wearing shoulder pads. Yes. Everybody else at the table was uh was dressed up or was it? Do you remember? Was it? Only I don't him? remember because he was standing at the head of the table. Uh, okay. And he was in my mind again, and this is going back almost twenty years. So right. I I can't swear to what I remember, but in my memory, everyone else was wearing similar garb but he really stood out right and he really wanted to stand out in my humble estimation uh the table i remember had um it almost looked like you remember that uh that board game uh fireball alley yes it almost looked like that but on a grander scale okay and i remember instantly the first thought was what are these guys playing that looks cool oh no that was pretty much my my thought process. See, now my question is: Was that guy just a douchebag, or was he like actually LARPing? Because when I think of LARPing, I think of guys like in the middle of a park, right, dressed up as. And l- l- let me just paint the picture. I, for some reason, I know this is the Warhammer uh, edition of our podcast, but I really, uh, I really view LARPing more for. Dungeons and Dragons, more like Star Wars, you know, where, where yeah. people get get dressed up. I, I really don't see or have heard of many people LARPing to Warhammer. But nonetheless, I just I have a problem with it. So I, I picture people dressed up as like orcs and they would put like fake fucking horns on their head and paint their faces green and wear just like this like you know, chain mail with a with a great sword, or maybe a broadsword and a shield and they would run out into the field and battle as like armies would battle and, and come head to head with their foe and like fucking fake swing their swords and, and you know, pretend to hit people and people would count like whether or not they're down. And I think that's fucking stupid. Like our friend Sam that goes to Jedi Con. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for him. He dresses up like a like a Jedi. Like a Jedi. Yeah. With yeah his yeah. plastic lightsaber and yep. and his Obi Wan Kenobi robe. Now in I Sam's never, defense, I will never forget. When when Sam uh, spent the better part of ten minutes explaining the perfect wizard costume, you know the problem with that, you let him go on for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, there, therein lies the problem. Uh, well, do you find a difference? Okay, so let's let's. This is this is going to take a while. I can already tell. That's fine. Let's break this. I'll down. do an hour. Special on this. I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> so how, how are we going to break this down? Do you see a difference between LARPing, mm-hmm. right, the going out into the field or a park? I know where you're going with this. 
And yes, I do. And a difference between cosplay, like uh, showing up to Comic-Con and things like that, almost in a competition to see who's got the most accurate representation of a fictional pop culture character and the guy who shows up to your D&D table wearing a wizard robe because he plays a wizard. Well, I think there are three distinct differences. And in my opinion, the only one, if I'm going to say that one should be allowed to take place, it would be the cosplay. Because I could see somebody having a, uh, not an obsession, but like, you know, like a, uh, like an appeal to a particular character. And you're going to go to cosplay and you... If they're gonna have a competition now, it's a competition. Like you're you're judging costumes. It's a it's like a costume competition. Like right. you're gonna see who's gonna win first prize. Like that, I get. I understand the need for that. It's when you go out into a field with a hundred other people and you're you're trying to pretend like you're part of this army and you're like really just really buying the fucking narrative behind it and you're casting magic missile and you're throwing fucking ping pong balls like you said at other people and if they hit. It's a strike on them, and then they go down, and and that, to me, is a fucking big problem. What about Airsoft? Dude, totally different. You're getting shot. Right, but I'm talking about like the tryhards that, that buy all the fake tactical gear from Amazon well, and yeah. run around like they're, they're in I, I the I have division. a problem with that, too. I have a total problem with that. The only people who I, I, I honestly am okay with with this are reenactments, and by that I mean like... If you're doing like Civil War right. reenactments, you know, when you're going to use like the uh, period appropriate. Exactly. Yeah. And and show people like how the Battle of Gettysburg was fought, you right. know, like that I'm fine with. When you're taking the, uh, you know, when you're reenacting a fight in Mordor, you're a fucking loser and you probably should get laid. Even though I must say when you watch some of these videos on YouTube, dude, some of the chicks are hot. Right. And it really makes makes me question, like, what kind of daddy issues do they have? They've got some problems. Because some of these girls are fucking hot. And, like, they're running around, and they're with these guys, and, and they think that they're fucking, like, some wood elf who's a ranger. I mean... Yes. I... You seem like you're defending LARPing. I, no, 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 no. No, no, It seems like you want I, to defend them. You, which you can. You, you can defend <laughs> LARPing. That's okay. I I would have I would be hard pressed to deny advances from a very sultry blonde haired woman dressed as a scantily clad elf. Yes, I would have no problem with that. Like I would love to see my wife dressed as like some like wood elf. I don't know. Um what about the Renaissance fair? Again, different. They're not casting magic missile. It's almost like going to medieval times. Like to me, that's not LARPing. You're not. You're not. What live about the people who, who show up to fields in full armor and then just bash the shit out of each other with swords? It, again, that's totally different. Like it, these guys are doing it from like a role playing point of view. Like they're basing it in D anD. d And again, I truly enjoy D anD. d We run a D anD. d campaign. Um. I have a problem if you came up to me and asked me, hey, Chris, listen, uh, me and my bunch of my friends want to dress as our characters and go out and actually act out the campaign. I'd say no. Um, I have better things to do with my time, like sleep or slit my wrists. or <laughs> <laughs> and, and Anything. 
<laughs> a lot of things trump that. Um, medieval times, dude, it, it's, you know, that that's a business. It's financially based. Like, people are going to watch these guys act out, you know, being like knights. Like, I, I get that. It's fun. It's the whole experience. You're, like, immersing yourself in that medieval um, environment, which, again, I think plays into the whole Renaissance fair. These people that go out and, like, rent time on a field or, like, forge their own weapons and go and, and act it out. Look, if, if you're going to be a fucking knight from the medieval times, dude, you better swing that sword like you fucking meet it. When we watch every once in a while, and I forget the fucking name of it. Uh, I'll have to pause for a moment here. What the fuck is that called? While you're looking that up, is there an age where LARPing is still... Nope. Okay. It, so you never ran around the neighborhood playing army or... What, what is happening? Oh, I'm sorry. You never uh, ran around playing soldier or playing army or... All right, so then should there be an age? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what that age is. If you're an adult and you're running around in costume and you're trying to reenact your local D&D campaign or some, like, mythos that was created by some guy who thinks it's great to, like, pull together, like, local losers from your, your community... Like, I, I, me personally, I have a problem with that. If I ever, in my development where I live, we have, like, this common area. If I ever see that people are LARPing there, I might the next time pour gasoline all over the field. <laughs> and then I'll pretend that I'm an archer and I'm going to shoot a flaming arrow into the middle of it like Braveheart. Dude, uh, I don't, MMA I'm, with medieval armor. Yeah, but there's a, there's a name for it. Let's get to this ad. All right, let's take a look. Yes. All right, so there's guys in armor and battle axes fucking smashing each other in the face. Totally different. Dressing in medieval armor and smashing each other with blunt weapons. We were lured in by the spectacle, but the scene beyond it was also really interesting. All right, I think it's we called full armor combat. For a world championship in Portugal, where they would compete against other nations. We immediately booked our tickets to join. Them. So each country gets a certain amount of knights, and right. they, it, it seems like they legit fucking smash each other with medieval weapons. Right, but like the role-playing aspect is out of it. Like you, you're wearing that armor, you're, you're using that weapon to fucking destroy your opponent, to score points for your team, and you're fighting for your country. Like that, I'm okay with. Because that shit is but how fucking do you know, brutal. How do you know that while they're in the middle of that competition, they're not thinking about saving the princess? No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. Because they've trained for this. They're, they're not doing that. I, they're not doing that. Or at least if they are, that's not part of this fight. 
Like they're not thinking, okay, look, I have to win you, to save You don't the know princess. what they're thinking. But that's not the parameters of the game. Right, but he, while he's smashing his opponent in the face with a battle axe, he might be thinking that he has to go to Mordor next in his mind. That's how he gets pumped right, but up. but that's not scoring him points. He can use whatever in his mind to pump him up. But isn't that ultimately what we're talking about? No, actually, we're not. Because in LARPing, you're doing it to actually save some princess, which is fucking stupid. Dude, what would you do? Uh, l- l- let me put it this way. If you're driving home from work one morning mm-hmm. and... Uh, Whatever, you, you drive past a, uh, a fairly big park and you see a bunch of people dressed in wizard's robes and, and cleric gear and, you know, you have some people dressed as paladins and barbarians I and would... you saw them going to fucking battle. But not only are they going to battle, but they're fake battling. Like, they take their sword and they swing it and they don't really hit the guy. They kind of, kind of like the extras in, in Braveheart when you watch them in the background. How they're not actually hitting people. Like, what would you think? I would fear that they were about to be eaten by the homeless people in the yes. <laughs> woods by us. Who were training to stave <laughs> off the alien invasion. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. That's another day. Um, no, I, 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 I agree with you, and I see where you're going. Um, I, My point is, if you want to dress up and pretend that you're a knight, dude, join this fucking MMA for medieval times. Where these guys take the real armor and the real weapons and they blunt down the weapons and beat the fucking balls off of people. Like these guys, no joke, fucking destroy people. They're taking, they're taking a sword and they're swinging it like, like Aaron Judge swings a baseball bat into somebody's fucking face. Right. They are no joke. They are like concussing people with blunt weapons. I'm all for that. I would love to try that. Some of these guys are crazy. And women. Like, women do that shit, too. It's awesome. When you watch these competitions between countries, uh, I, I'm not sure if it was the one that you had brought up. What was that, in Portugal? Dude, some of the scenery is amazing. Like, they go outside of, like, these... Uh, I think one that I watched was in Ireland, and they were outside of, like, these Irish castles. And they were doing these, like, 16-on-16 battles. And some guys had axes. Some guys had swords. And when I say that these guys were battling, like, these guys would fucking pin somebody against a wall, and they would swing like a monster and just destroy people. It's a lot different than pretending that you can cast Fireball. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or fear. And now you're determining whether or not, you know, you're affected by fear and you turn and run away. Like, that, to me, like, role-playing in costume, to me, is a problem. I just don't like it. I'm all about role-playing at the table. I don't even agree with somebody showing up in dress at a table. Right. Now, taking that and putting it out in a fucking field with hundreds of people, I think your douchebags has better things to do with your time. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. The headphones are off. The hood is up. Oh. Now I'm the dungeon master. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> LARPing is a form of... This is from the number one name in uh, information, Wikipedia. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, Known as LARPing are a form of role-playing games in which live players or actors assume roles as specific characters and play out a scenario in character. Technically, many childhood games may be thought of as simple LARPing as they often involve the assumption of character roles. However... The scope of this article concerns itself mainly with LARPing in a technical sense, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, so it began in the 70s. First of all, I have a problem with the way that they define LARPing. I don't like how they're trying to make it seem like it's okay because of what you did as a kid. Like when you play like Cowboys and Indians as a kid, yeah, that's not LARPing. That's, I think it's totally different. That's playing pretend. It's make-believe. Yeah. Right. Um, the organized live-action role-playing games whose origins are closely related to the invention of tabletop role-playing games in America in the 1970s. Live-action role-playing appears to have been invented several times by different groups relying on social, uh, I'm sorry, on local ideas and ex- expertise. Uh, early history, blah, 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 blah. Ooh, in the 1920s, model League of Nations clubs formed around the United States, creating a style of live-action role-playing that was not thought of as a game per se, but was thought of as a recreational pastime. There is some evidence that assassin-style LARP games may have been played in New York City by adults in the early 20th century as well. The 1920s also saw the beginning of role-playing used for psychotherapeutic purposes, often called psychodrama. God damn. This is what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> psychodrama. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Um I knew people that were into this, and I could not be party to that. Uh, It wasn't until about a year ago that I painted my first miniature. And I thought, when I ran my original games back in the 90s, my buddy got a pewter wizard. His character's name was Varankus. I'll never forget it. And he was a wizard, and he bought a a pewter statue, a miniature representation, and painted it. And I thought that was fucking beyond the pale. Uh, right. W- why Why did you paint it? What? Why, what? Um, that was too far for me. Now, I, I've since appreciated the, the form of painting miniatures. I have a bunch of them in here that I've painted mm-hmm. uh, as an adult. So I've loosened up on that. But I've always looked at this as... A way more in depth and intense board game. And never once have I thought about going out and buying a thousand dollar loot uh, to be a bard out in the field and start strumming a melody to cast a vicious mockery on somebody. Uh, I've never wanted to. buy a 3D printer and build myself a LAS gun. Uh, it, it just isn't something that, that, that I really care to do. Right. Uh, and I find that anyone over the age of like 13 that's doing this... Um, I, Don't call them a loser. That's horrible. No, it, it's... No, I, I thought I, you just said it. You said that they were losers. <laughs> I think... It might speak to something more. Uh, I'm usually a very... um, I don't really care what other people do. Right. But... Look, to each their own. Like, I'm not going to judge you for LARPing. It's just something that I would never do. Uh, No, actually, I would judge you. But (laughs) for the show purposes, I'm not going to... Whatever, I'm not going to judge you. I have a problem with it. I just... I don't like it. 
I think it's a little over the top. There are more things that me personally, I would do with my time outside of like work and role playing. Um, I'm not going to sit down at the table and role play with my buddies. And then in my free time, go with another group of guys and go fucking pretend that I'm some like mystical, magical wizard. Like for me, that's not for me. Right. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'll even take it a step further based on what you were just talking about. Um, when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons or even like role playing in general, whether it's like D&D or Pathfinder or Shadowrun or Wrath and Glory, like I am not, excuse me, I am not into playing that with miniatures. Right. I just like theater of the mind is the way that I've always done it. I prefer to do it how I will do it. Do I like the idea of painting miniatures? 100%. Do I feel as though like it fits in a particular genre of games? 100%. Like if I'm playing like Tomb of Annihilation, the actual board game, Tomb of Annihilation, yeah, I'm all about like adding a level of sophistication to the game and painting those miniatures. If I'm playing Warhammer, the tabletop game, yeah, fuck yes. I'd much rather look at myself and my opponent with painted miniatures on a table, rolling. I think it's cool. I watch um, Striking Scorpion 82. The guy is cool as shit. He paints a ton of miniatures, and then not only does he paint his miniatures, but like his boards are super immersive, and when you have a vehicle that explodes, he has fucking smoke that he creates that he puts on it. So again, it creates like this immersion into the game. Do I need to take that and live action it in a field? Nah. I'm not interested. If I want that, I'll fucking watch Gladiator or Braveheart or Lord of the Rings. Or if I want the future, I'll watch Iron Man or Marvel comic book fucking movies. You know, I, I don't need that. Again, me personally, I'm just, I'm not into it. The LARPing thing, eh, not for me. Not for me. It's like <clears throat> when uh, I went to my friend's house and this girl I was trying to hook up with, uh, I went to her house and I brought beer with me. I was in uh 10th grade i think high school and i brought the beer with me yes i wanted to be the cool guy which you should have been cool brian's here and i walk in and i go to the living room where i see the most collection of human beings and i'm greeted with stop you can't come in here there's a wall of protection up yeah i would have taken my beer someplace else i i cool brian said oh, can i bring my beer I can't hear you. There's a wall of protection. Okay. I'll go to the back deck <laughs> and get drunk by myself. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, never in my life have I ever thought about running around the streets of Manhattan as a street samurai and doing shadow runs for people. Yes. <laughs> it yeah. just hasn't occurred to me. This would never cross my mind. Um, here, Here's the perfect definition on and it, not that I use this as the the be all end all of defining things for me but urban dictionary ooh larp shrimping shrimping <laughs> we can look at that later um <laughs> larp a fancy name for playing pretend which is what you do as a child uh here you go kid 1 let's play that i'm a wizard and you're a magic goblin king 2 okay pretend i have a wand too whoosh <laughs> or how about this example Ooh. adult one hey man let's larp i'm the alchemy wizard adult two okay we'll be in the realm of wizardania 
I'm the gnome of royal order. I have a fire wand. Oh, very fancy. Yeah, sorry. Do that at the table. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, do that shit at the table. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done. To LARPing. And on to the episode. Uh, boof, okay, so... Holy oh, man. shit. Do you think Bannon... Uh, if Bannon comes across... I'm going to tell you right now. If you give me an example... Dude, I can be on the highest order of mission. If Bannon, in his ship, sees a group of fucking people LARPing... <laughs> yeah, I'm landing. I'm executing everybody. He is. Uh, I can't wait to our next session. <laughs> Uh, so last we left Bannon, he has a broken jaw. Um, he's uh, killed a bunch of orcs, and he's used some kind of fancy gizmo to blow up a mine. And now he's presumably off to Lavinia 7 to deal with some other Inquisitor business. Ah, the following gameplay is brought to you by Paladin Coffee. Enjoy a delicious cup of amazing coffee and get you through your day. Find them at paladincoffee.com. Warning. The following gameplay includes scenes of extreme violence and gore. Listener discretion is advised. Uh, so Paladin Coffee was kind enough to send us some free coffee. Uh, so thereby we bought more coffee. And um, it's good. We're Right now we're drinking their basic bitch uh, blend. Triple yeah. B. The Triple B. It's just their, their house blend, I guess, is the, the yeah, yeah. preferred nomenclature. That's fair. Um, I had to drag the Keurig out here to the... Uh, Studio cabin? The cabin in the woods. And uh, so now we're drinking this coffee to keep us going. Um, I like how you said studio. S- like it was studio? Questionable. Debatable. I mean, it, it's, it's technically, I guess it is a studio, but it's what? in a cabin in the woods. Yes. Uh, on the fringe of the woods. Mm. Uh, just like we, we are close to the woods because there's currently two birds in here with us hiding somewhere. I'm waiting to get attacked like a Hitchcock movie. Yeah, <laughs> just pecking around <laughs> top of your dome. Uh, so, <clears throat> we just blew up a mine. You have a broken jaw. You got picked up by a, a Storm Raven gunship. And you are on your way to Lavinius 7 to deal with this Saul Arbest issue that we've been hearing so much about. While you're on the ship, I imagine that there's a, a pilot, a co-pilot, a gunner. Genevieve, and yourself. There's a contingent of you uh, flying over the the marshy landscape of Sabatania. While you're traveling, Genevieve gets a little ringing from her Voxcaster, and uh, she answers the call. And all you hear her say is, Are you sure? How bad is it? All right, I understand. All right, Emperor saves. She hangs up. She looks at you and says, change of plans. She makes her way to the front of the uh, the cockpit. And you see her saying something to the pilot. And suddenly, you make a hard turn. 
and you're going another direction. She sits down across from you and says, Well, that was the Inquisitor. Uh, we have something to deal with. We have an issue of corruption, possibly. Have you ever heard of Gorgonid Mine? Never. Where is that? Uh, it's about 200 kilometers west of where we are. Apparently, uh, the Commissar's ground troops have gotten involved in a skirmish at the mine, possibly with heretics, um, and the situation's out of control. The Inquisitor wants us to go check it out. He doesn't know if it's involved with the wizard or not, but he can't let this stand. Uh, the Commissar has been integral uh, in us assimilating ourselves into the people here. He wants to make sure the Commissar is taken care of, so we're going to go deal with this right now. Levinus Seven is going to have to wait. How long? How long would the trip have been leaving this hive world to Lavinia Seven? Um, well, it's part of the same hive. It's just a different sector of it. Uh, it probably would have been, I figure, five, six hours, maybe, flying. Right, right. Here's a question I think that some people out there probably want answered. Um, uh, boxers. Well, boxer briefs. That's how did you know? It, Dude, you you're good. Thank you. You're very good. Um, can you uh, can you describe what what Genevieve looks like? Sure, uh, she is a fairly attractive woman. I just have a question because I'm just mm. drawing a complete fucking blank. Mm-hmm. Saul, where has his name come up again? The enforcers were looking for him. And how did I become aware of that name on the data slate that I had? That's how I got the information, right? That the no, enforcers... the, the enforcers were showing you pictures of him with his name. Oh, that's right. While I was sco- that now I understand. That's when I was um, I was playing stupid that I couldn't read. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. Uh, I don't know. What it is. So she's uh, she's fair skinned, about average height, average weight, flowing locks, perhaps, a couple of scars on her face here or there. She's young. She's not an experienced. Uh, battle sister, but she she has seen some shit. Uh, the the most striking thing about her really isn't the way she looks. It's more about the way she acts. Uh, she's very not cold, but um, calculated. Very calculating and very matter of fact. Uh, when things go well, she continues on without really celebrating. When things go poorly, it doesn't really seem to bother her. Um, so not much, like, affect. Right, right. Uh, she has a pretty good sense of humor. Okay. Um, and she enjoys bloodshed. I thought you were going to say walks on the beach. Bloodshed. Yes. Uh, walks on the beach, probably not so much. Turn-ons. <laughs> Blood. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so Bannon recognizes as she's sitting across from him on this ship that she is a fairly attractive woman. Yeah. And I think that would kind of catch his eye. Not that he's, like, going to become flirtatious with her. I just think that that would catch his eye. Um, okay. Considering, you know, his history of where he works and the planet that he's on, I can't imagine some he's really... Some catcalling, perhaps. Some, you know, he hasn't really come across a lot of hot right. lady types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, Okay. Uh, so, that's all we know. As of right now, we're heading toward the mine. Uh, we're with a couple other acolytes. Like I said, there's a driver, uh, a pilot, a co-pilot, and uh, a gunner. And we're going to put Saul 
our best on the back burner. Sounds good. Right, that's out of my hands. I'm not making that decision. Any uh, any questions or anything you want to talk about, or do you want to get to the mine? How far is the mine from where we are? A little less than 200 kilometers, but based on the speed of this uh, storm raven, you're, you're going to get there in a couple hours, maybe. It's nighttime? Yes. It'll probably be just about dawn when, uh, when you arrive. I guess Bannon, he would probably try to maybe get some rest. Did you replenish your stuff after the last session? I have... Whoa. Yeah, I'm, I, I've got everything back to normal. So I have my three reloads. I'm still sitting on ten build points. Uh, and my shock and my wounds are back to full. Okay. So on the trip, Genevieve is given some information about where you're headed and why you're headed there. Uh, there was a recent uprising that necessitated force to put down. Uh, so an, a platoon of Imperial Guards set down in the heart of the rebellion to silence the mob. Once the worst of the fighting had passed, they, uh, they secured the area, which included an exploration of the Gorgonid mine, where the fighting was the heaviest. Do we have an idea on numbers? Not yet. Uh, the reports are murky since a number of squads are missing, but the commissar sealed shut the mine and quarantined the entire region. Under ordinary circumstances, the Inquisition would have looked into this matter at its own pace, uh, but the damage to the economy, and by extension the sector, could prove too severe if the problem was left unattended. Uh, Sabatania does not have a whole lot of exports, but what it does have is kind of like, uh, because it's a swamp planet, there's a lot of nutrient-rich, especially if you dig down into the soft soil, lots of nutrient-rich things that plants like uh, forge worlds and stuff can use for growing crops and things of that nature. So really the only export that it has are from mines like this. But we don't know exactly what's coming out of this mine. Right. And the mine has now been sealed. Correct. Alright, so then maybe we do have a discussion before I take a nap. That's pretty much, I mean, Genevieve isn't from this planet, so the information that she's relaying to you is more or less what I just said. Uh, she doesn't know about numbers. She doesn't know about what exactly it is that this mine is exporting. That's her best guess. Um, I'm not sure if Bannon would have a strong grasp on the trade of this sector of the galaxy. I would say probably not. Um, but I, I think what Bannon's question is going to be, like, are we going there with the express purpose of, like, quelling the mob? Or has that already been done it seems like that's been done, uh, but there's still more people inside. They sealed off the mine. They quarantined the area. But the commissar sealed the mine off. He had it, He ordered it to be closed, yes. With imperial troops. No, I understand. But we don't know what he sealed inside of the mine. Correct. So that remains to be seen until we get there. So why the rush? That part we don't know. Okay. Uh, the only thing we can assume is that somehow corruption is involved corruption potentially on the commissar's part no on uh the the mob okay the inquisitor has received some kind of intel that has bothered him uh and for whatever reason whatever this soul our best thing is that we have to deal with that's going to come later uh this for whatever reason is taking priority uh Which we're not really sure why right and he may not even really be sure why but something has piqued his interest all right 
we'll head to the mine. All right. I think I'm going to get another cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yes, that plum pudding smells delish. Yeah, it tastes really good. I enjoy it. I might have to get it, because I don't have enough. <laughs> uh, you know, why not? Uh, what do you have to wait for this heat to Yeah. Okay. And then which cup did you select? Uh, the big one, yeah. So the, uh, the Storm Raven comes to a landing. How big is this ship? It's big enough for 12 passengers, plus the pilot, co-pilot, and gunner. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's, it's a fairly big ship. Yes, and it's being severely underutilized <laughs> because it's just you and Genevieve. <laughs> uh, so there's four of us on the ship? Yes. Okay. Uh, one, two, three, five. five. Oh, a co-pilot. Yes. Pilot, co-pilot, gunner, me and Genevieve. Got it. So as the ship lands, uh, you, Genevieve, and the gunner get off the ship. Uh, the gunner is a typical Inquisitional acolyte. Uh, standard weapons, bolt gun, um, standard issue body armor, nothing really crazy. Uh, having disembarked from the ship, you watch as its engines roar, carrying it upwards. As it shrinks away and vanishes, you take in your surroundings. All around you is the Imperial Guard encampment, filled with scores of grim-faced men, women, some bloodied, some bandaged, all wearing gray uniforms of the 97th Battalion. The camp is mostly a sea of tents positioned around smoking craters, Steam vents that belch violent clouds of stinking gas in the air, and the wreckage from the recent conflict. A walker screeches as it patrols the perimeter, its pilot deftly maneuvering the vehicle through the wreckage of old buildings, smoking cars, and unburied bodies. At the, cap cen- uh, at the camp's center, there stands a rust-red hab block bearing the eagle symbol of the Imperium on its exterior. Beyond it is a range of low mountains, covered in the, the sludge and slime of this uh, particularly disgusting planet. Flames shoot forth from smokestacks, storage containers, great bubbling vats issuing toxic steam, and more combined to make the structures look like some vast metal insect straddling the peaks of the rugged range. So we have landed at the encampment. Is it going? Oh, uh, you might have to reopen it and close it again. There we go. Sorry. My bad. Uh, most of the guardsmen are kind of looking at you, whether they're in passing and just kind of glancing your way or just straight up staring at you. Me personally or the group? The group. Oh, okay. Give me um, Give me an awareness test. What am I looking for? Two. I pass. Okay. So everyone looks like they've been through shit. Uh, everyone's tired. Uh, I mentioned before that everyone has this kind of grim look on their face. They're tired, agitated, and you notice that nobody is really jumping up and down saying our heroes have arrived kind of a thing. It's more, you almost get the feeling that you're in the way. How long has this conflict been going on for? Let's find out. Uh, you're going to meet Edwin Joost. He starts, uh, he's one of the few people that when he notices you, he starts running towards you. He's uh, trying to catch his breath, and uh, he looks young. He's Probably, if not 18, just turned 18. And in between labored breaths. Uh, sir, ladies, uh, uh, welcome to the Gorgonid Mines. You're here to help. I just knew it. <sighs> I told him you'd be coming. Which one of you is the Inquisitor? I just stare at Genevieve. I'm assuming, like, this is... One of, one of you is the Inquisitor, right? Genevieve says nothing. She's just kind of looking at you. She's looking at the, uh, the gunner. And everyone's just kind of shrugging because they, it seems like nobody here in your group was aware that 
uh, Inquisitor himself was requested. So while he catches his breath, he kind of puts a hand on your shoulder. Thank you so much for coming. <sighs> You're the Inquisitor? Did he, uh, when he came up to us, did he say his name? Or he just like ran up to he us. He just and ran now, up to you. Like he's just out of breath thanking yeah, us for yeah. being there. So I, I look at him and I go, and you are? Shirts! You leave your post again? Uh, here comes this kind of flat-jawed, ugly-looking man. He's got a shaved head with a dark blue tattoo right on this uh, on the right side of his scalp. He's wearing uh, gray fatigues, most like everybody else. But the stripes on his sleeve indicate he's a person of rank. Where his right arm used to be is now a stump on which a large metal rod with a, a distributing ray of attachments at the end emerges. Uh, Jertz, the guy that is out of breath, stammers, turns red, and starts uh, mumbling, No, Sergeant Raynard. I'm just heading back now, sir. Uh, Sergeant Raynard stares at this young soldier and then turns towards you and starts walking up to you. One of his eyes is ice blue. The other is a fake eye made of wood. See that you do double time. Now you, you're a sorry bunch. Who are you supposed to be? Not the Inquisitor, I'll guess. Well? No, but we were sent here on his behalf. And you are? Sergeant Raynard, I'm in charge of this detachment. I'm Bannon Spaber, and this is Genevieve Parker. All right, so the Inquisitor's not coming? No, the Inquisitor is not here. Can you uh, get us up to speed on what's been going on? So the Inquisitor isn't coming? That's what I said. You don't see him standing here before you, do you? I better let the Commissar know that you're here. He gets ready to leave, but as he turns, his crude cybernetic arm starts to shake. The attachments on it start spinning and swishing and snapping. He kind of curses under his breath and starts rubbing his, his metal attachment to kind of try and settle it down. Give me another awareness test. Uh, one difficulty. I pass. So this Jertz guy kind of watches you with very large eyes. He watches the sergeant walk away and he kind of goes right back to being fixated on you. Me personally? Or the group? Uh, the group. Oh, okay, okay. I look at Genevieve and I say, it looks like that guy really has something that he wants to share with us. Let's go talk to him. Let's do it. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm embarrassed uh, for not maintaining myself. I'm just, I'm so happy that you're here. So what's going on here? And who are you? What's your name? Uh, uh, recruit Jertz. There was this uprising in the mines, so we was called in to, to crush the rebels. The commissar ordered us to flush out the mines to see if there were any more inside, any more of these, these, these rebels. That's when those things nabbed my mate past us. What things? I don't know what they were for sure. Uh, all I saw was shapes, strange shapes, weird things, tentacles, eyes, sometimes worse. Probably just Zeno, if I had to guess, but some of the men think there's something else down there. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that's when the sergeant ordered us to withdraw, and we've been stuck here ever since. Hey, if you're going to go down there, see if you can find Hastis, would you? He's got a girl on the next sector over. I'm sure she'd like him back in one piece, yeah? We'll see what we can do. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about the sergeant. How long have you been here? Not long. Less than a week, maybe. And but how long has this conflict been going on for? That I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure how long the rebels have been here. Uh, I, w I would imagine they've, they've been here for some time before you know anyone got word of it. Right. Do you know when the mine was sealed? How many Imperial Guard were 
left behind? I couldn't even begin to tell you. But um, the numbers are high. I'm not sure how many died, how many lived. I, I couldn't tell you. You fought in the mine? Yes. I, I think the sergeant might have a map of the mine. Right. You consider yourself a valiant soldier of the emperor? Oh, oh, yes, sir. Of course. Of course, sir. Yes. We'll keep that in mind. Thank you, sir. All right. So I, I look at Genevieve and I kind of head nod to her that we should maybe make our way over to the direction, at least, that the sergeant wandered off to. I would imagine we want to speak with this commissar. Uh, sir, if if I may, the, the sergeant, he's he's a good guy. He's just, he wants to get us out of here. That's understandable. He's looking out for his men. I'm sure he's lost quite a few. Uh, we'll see what we can do to help. If you want to talk to him, his tent is uh, just over there beyond the, the weapons cache. Oh, okay. Oh, he disappeared into the distance. Yeah. We kind of lost track. Okay. Okay. So I guess we'll take a slow walk to the sergeant's house. I, I just want to, like, survey. I want to see what's going on. Um, try to get an, an idea and understanding as to how many men are roughly in this encampment. Less than 100. Okay. Um, it's kind of hard to tell because, you know, there's. I'm sure there's a bunch that are intense, some that are injured. So I would say less than 100. Okay. So you want to start asking around, maybe? Asking around for what? What's going on, or... Well, I figure we'll be briefed by the commissar. I'd rather just talk to him. Okay. You know, I... I Bannon, I would think, is going to view it like if people are giving us, like, side-eye walking through, I'm not going to walk up to guys who have just fought in this battle. Right. And start asking them questions about what the fuck is going on. All right. You know? So uh, you're going to look for the sergeant or the commissar or both? Well, I guess initially we're going to head towards the sergeant's tent. Okay. Uh, near the sergeant's test, you will notice, uh, tent, you will notice that there is uh, a makeshift prison set up with some prisoners inside of it. No, I'll take a look. Because now I'm curious if Edwin is talking about, you know, beings with tentacles and mutations. I want to see what they have in the uh, in their cell or holding pen. Okay. Uh, so there's a couple people in there. They look kind of almost emaciated, uh, dirty. When you approach the fencing, uh, one of them sees you and kind of stumbles towards you. Please help me. I, 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 I didn't do anything. And before you have a chance to respond, a guard comes around and just rifle butts him right in the face, mm. and down he goes. The, uh, the guard kind of apologizes that he talked to you and tells you that the sergeant's tent is just by the barracks, or by the uh, weapons cache. And he was just like an emaciated human? Yes. Okay. All right, so I'll just I'll chalk that up to being a, uh, you know, someone who was part of this uprising and keep it moving. Okay. How many were in the uh, in the holding cell? Five or six. Maybe. Okay. All right. All right. So I'll continue to the uh, to the sergeant's tent. All right. So, so you... I just want to try to talk to somebody to find out exactly what's going on here and why we're here. Okay. So you see uh, Sergeant Reynard um, going over some data slates and talking to random soldiers that come running up with information and giving out orders. As you approach, he kind of turns to regard you and kind of rolls his eyes. What do you want? We're waiting to speak with the commissar. Is he coming? He's coming. Do you know where we can find him? This is of the utmost urgency. Yeah, that's why we asked for the Inquisitor. And that's why we're here on his behalf. If you would like, I could send word back to the Inquisitor of your defiance. We're not being defiant. We just need somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, that's what we're here to do. How many firefights have you three been in? How many Inquisitors have you scoffed at and denied their help? 
Give me an intimidation test. Difficulty two. So I have two exalteds, one being my rat die. Okay, give yourself a point of glory. Do we decide that we're carrying over? We're not carrying over. Because that's one thing that I did not change. I have like one wrath and one glory. No, we're not going to carry over. Okay, so we're going to do one glory. Excellent. So he uh, he kind of stares at you for a minute. Listen, the planetary governor can't control her population. We're the big guns. We came in and stamped out the uprising. Job done, right? Wrong. The commissar wanted us to lead a few squads into the mines. He believed that there was a cult that had a base inside of this place. We went in, descended the elevator, and explored the place. Then, those fucking mutants fell on us. And they came from all sides. I lost a dozen good men. Better men than you, I'd wager. Look, there's wrongness down there. You're a bit wet behind the ears for this sort of work. You should call that fancy ship of yours and get as far away from here as you can. Well, that's obviously not happening. So, the sooner you recognize that we're here to help, the faster we could try to alleviate this problem and get you and your men back to your families. All right. I guess we'll go talk to the commissar. Thank you. As you're walking towards this hab block that looks like the headquarters of this, this encampment, you hear laughter coming from somewhere nearby, one of the open-ended tents, if you had to guess. All right, well, I look in that direction. You see a guy uh, sitting on the edge of one of his, like a, like a rucksack. Uh, there's a sack on the ground, and he's kind of sitting on it. Give me an awareness test. What am I looking for? Two. I pass. All right, so you see this guy who looks like, if you had to guess, was shell-shocked, um, just kind of giggling, mumbling to himself. He sees you, but he, when he's looking at you, he, he is staring at you, but not in the same way other people were staring at you. Other people were staring at you like, okay, these guys might be here to help. Some people were staring at you like, oh, God, let's just leave. Who cares? It's sealed. This guy's staring at you almost as if he can't believe there's other human beings walking around, which is weird because there's plenty of people walking around all over the place. He just has this, like, almost bewilderment about him. Can I make out what, he, what he's mumbling? Not from here. Is... Is his tent on the way to the commissars? Yeah, it's like off to the left or right as you're walking. All right, I'm going to... I'm hooked. Bannon's going to take a... He's going to walk over there. As you get closer, you notice that not only is he sitting on his rucksack, but he's got his arms, uh, his hands shackled together and shackled to his feet. So he's sitting there in restraints? Yes. You can tell by his uniform that he's a corporal. And the name tag on his shirt says Schmidt. His restraints, are they chained to anything? Or he's just personally restrained, but yes. he's free to kind of right. slowly move about the camp. All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll approach him. I keep a safe distance. I'll maybe come within, you know, like 15 feet or so. And I'll stare at him. And I wait until he makes eye contact with me. Oh, yeah, he's like, been staring at you the whole time. Oh, so he yeah. hasn't even, like, broken eye contact. Right. And I just look at him, and I kind of just nod my head and say, Soldier. <laughs> I am a soldier. What a soldier. He has so many eyes. Just kind of kind of half lean. Just kind of check out what's in his tent. You know, just look around him. Nothing. It's just his bed, or a bed, and uh, a rucksack that he's sitting on. I just give one quick, like, how are you? <laughs> how are you? How are my 
<laughs> what am I? How are you? It's blood. My mind, the eyes are open and I can see all the way down to the bottom of that. <laughs> blood. Uh, I just, I look over at Genevieve and say, this one's lost. Let's continue to the commissar. All right. So, uh, you end up meeting uh, the commissar's men, and they lead you into the, the headquarters. The headquarters is a hab block, uh, prefabricated, deposited on the surface. Uh, it's constructed of metal. It's painted with, uh, with a utilitarian red. Uh, it features the battalion's number, as well as the eagle of the Imperium. There's a single access uh, hatch in the face of the structure, which allows access to the inside. Once inside, there's not really much in the way of decorations. Uh, there's a desk and uh, for a, like a like a secretary, and then there's a larger desk where the commissar is sitting. Uh, Nihilus, the commissar, is uh, his name. He's in his late 30s. He's got black hair, dark colored eyes, and he's got like a pocky, craggy looking face. Uh, he wears a black uniform, decorated with his rank and a few badges of honor. His commissar hat rests on a hook behind his desk, as well as uh, his, his black leather coat. He, uh, he stands up, kind of smiles, and uh, motions for you to have a seat, and then he sits down. I presume you're from the Inquisition? Yes, sir. I am Bannon Spayburn. This is Genevieve Parker. I have no idea what this gunner's name is. Roy. And this is Roy Rogers. <laughs> I, I don't even... Not that I don't acknowledge him, but I, I don't even introduce him. He's just, I, I assume that he's there as like Genevieve, Genevieve's like protection or, you know, whatever. So that's on her to introduce this guy. Uh, I was told help was on the way, but I must say I'm always surprised by the agents I meet. I'm sure you are immensely qualified for the task at hand. So let's get down to business. While he's talking, I take my pipe out. Ah, and he takes his out. As you may or may uh, not have known, this world is vital to the commercial interests of this sector. And anything that threatens this world ultimately threatens the larger community. Thus, when renegade activities on this planet destroyed valuable and, in some people's estimation, irreplaceable equipment, it was deemed necessary to create a show of force and eradicate all insurgents in and around the lucrative mine. Now... Attending to a few rebels is easy work, and as expected, the scum lacked grit, leadership, and dedication to their cause. So in a matter of hours, we had uh, contained the site, rounded up a few captives, and were ready to ship out. But as I toured the ground, something caught my eye. One of the rebels was carrying a sheaf of uh, papers. I examined them quickly, and it appeared that they were texts of some strange description copies surely but describing unremarkable I'm sorry unspeakable acts it was clear that these rebels were foot soldiers for something worse I know my duty and so I sent a dozen squads into the mines themselves many of our enemy fled the certain death even though we had superior firepower the cover of the mines it was a bloodbath it was as I feared. The guardsmen descended, and after three quarters of an hour, they returned, much diminished and suffering terrible casualties. 
Reports of twisted mutants, demons, and worse came in. And so I decided that until I received proper support, the mine would be closed. Clearly, the Inquisitor does not share my concern. No offense, of course. I just expected a larger group to attend to this matter. But, I mean, who am I to question the ways of the Ordo, right? Right. Here's a map. Follow the directions and they will take you through the upper levels of the mines. My men didn't encounter much of anything there. But when they entered the tunnels below, known as the Shatters, he points on the map, that will lead you to the Shatters. That's where things went wrong. I should warn you, it takes a great deal of effort to lift the seal, and it's not quick. We'll let you out, of course, but there's nothing fast about it. So try not to be in a hurry. I presume you're armed? Yes. Genevieve nods. See your quartermaster, and he'll properly outfit you if there's anything that you're missing. Meet me at the seal. You could take it from the door. In, say, an hour, we'll meet over there? That's fine. takes a good 30 minutes to uh, walk to it, so don't take too long from now. This is all well and good, but before we disperse, I have a few questions. Sure. How many men did you send down into the mine? 30 to 50. And how many returned? Probably about half that. And out of the 15 to 20 or so men that returned, how many of them ended up like Corporal Schmidt? Not many. Do you have a rough idea as to how many... uh... So what I'm looking for, what would you call these fucking warped beings in the mine? We aren't sure what they are yet. Um, no, I was asking outside. Oh, yeah, we're we are not sure what they are yet. I know what they are. Well, well, I'm saying would I know what they are based on... So, like, the facts that I have so far is you have... Jerts says, you know, like, mutated arms and stuff like that. Now you have Corporal Schmidt talking about, like, multiple eyes. So, based on Bannon's knowledge of this world and, you know, what exists in this environment like would he know what that is or at least haven't i mean it sounds like it sounds like mutants but okay nobody is committing to like uh an identifying okay i just wanted to know if that was the term that i should use to refer to what he thinks is yeah i mean some people are thinking it's mutants some people are thinking it's demons some people are thinking it's cultists some people thinking it's all of the above right so i guess they've just been referring to it as hostels okay all right i'm gonna refer to them as and based on the soldiers that return, do we have a general idea as to how many mutants we might be encountering, or at least, you know, that are left? I, w- I would assume that the well-trained militia that you sent down there was able to eradicate some of this problem. I would imagine as well, but uh, it sounds like it was very guerrilla warfare down in the shatters. So I've had numbers ranging from 20 to 100. I'm sure there's not 100 down there, but who's to say? So at minimum, we're looking at a few dozen enemies still contained in the lower section of the mine, which is referred to as the Shatters. Yes. How many men will you be able to spare that I could take with us into the mine? It's a small exploration party. I just want a handful that have a general knowledge that are not corrupted. Now you can see why I was hoping that the Inquisition was going to send more. Uh, These men are run down and tired. We are merely the tip of the iceberg. This is, again, an exploratory... Give me a persuasion test difficulty three. (laughs) I made it, and the wrath was an exalted. Okay. Um, Let me think about this. I'm going to make myself... 
Uh, Bannon, would you like a coffee? I'm going to make myself a coffee. Oh, the commissar is offering? Yeah, yeah please, sir. Okay. Uh, do you have, have you met anyone here that you have in mind that you'd like to bring with you? Upon our arrival, uh, we came across a, a young recruit. I believe his name was uh, Edwin. Edwin Jertz. He seemed ripe for the cause. Yeah, you can you can take Jertz. Excellent. I'll have uh, Sergeant Raynard get him briefed and ready to go. We appreciate your assistance. Anything else? Agent? Uh, negative. I guess we'll head over to uh, the quartermaster. We'll see that we're fit for this mission, and uh, we'll meet you at the uh, at the entrance of the mine. Okay. All right. So uh, <clears throat> you're wearing. I have to say though that the plum pudding, very good. Yes. Yeah, and if I can just add, just off the top of my head, I would I would just think that the Cyprian Latakia is very smoky, woodsy. It's musty sweet. It's a team player with the Orientals and the Virginia, even though it is the lead component. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. The Virginians, you know, they have a little little grass, light citrus, along with a bit of earth, and some tangy, piquant, dark fruit with a touch of, quote-unquote, barbecue. <laughs> yes, the barbecue is my favorite component of the plum pudding. You better put that shit in fucking quotes. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Uh, are you wearing any sort of mm. body armor? I have uh, I have a, a flak armor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's it. Give me yes, yes. a flat six. Flat six. Five. All right. So you're going to get five grenades uh, to split up amongst the party. I'll just let you hold the whole inventory of it. Oh, and by the way, on this map, so if this is the entrance to the lower level of Shatters, where are we going in? Uh, on the other corner. Up here? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm sorry. On the bottom left. Over here. Yes. That wide mouth yep. entrance. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, give me an even odd roll. Odd. You also get two extra reloads. Okay. Okay. So it seems as though it's going to be myself, Genevieve, the gunner, and the recruit. So we're going to have a four-man party going into the mine. Right. Okay. So it's going to be you, uh, Roy Rogers. Roy Rogers, yes. Uh, Genevieve and... Did you, did you ever eat at a Roy Rogers? Once. Did you... Uh, so you did have them upstate? Uh, on the throughway. They had one on the throughway. They have them all over the throughway, yeah. Oh, really? And their fries come in like a little cardboard uh, holster mm. that goes onto your belt if you want to... That's adorable. Dude, I love that place. I'm surprised it didn't last. Their food was good as, you know, from what I can remember as a kid. Yeah. You know? I was always an Arby's guy. Arby's is good. Hmm. All right, so we're going to the seal. Uh, there is one thing um, mm. that the commissar had mentioned that that kind of piqued my interest. They said that they had come across individuals part of this resistance that had some strange text. Yes. Does he have a copy of that? Yes. May I have that? No. May I look at it? No. Why? Give me persuasion difficulty four. Knife. Okay. Knife only got one. He does say that it's heretical and it's locked away. That's fine. We'll make the Inquisitor aware of its existence and we'll see how he wants to proceed from here. All right. To the seal? To the seal. All right. The seal is about 30 meters uh, wide. 
it's held in place with thick, uh, like, clamps that clasp the stone on all sides. In the center of the seal is the great double-headed eagle of the Imperium, uh, and it seems to almost stare at you, as if judgingly. Scaffolding to the right of the seal leads up to a small post where an attendant can lock or unlock the clamps with a throw of a switch. However, this isn't enough to open the seal. It merely unlocks it. Opening this vault requires the effort of 20 great hairy monsters indigenous to this planet. Their handlers affix the tethers to the seal and goad them forward. And through the combined strength of these beasts, the seal slowly pulls away. The process of opening and closing the seal takes about an hour. So it's not an easy task to get this thing open. And I'm guessing that as soon as we enter this cave, they're going to seal the cave wall behind us. Yes. So that's why he said, you know, if you have to get out, right. try not to be in a hurry. Because <laughs> it's not going to be fast. Right, right. Are communications lost inside of the cave? Or we'll be able to report back? On the top level, there you can communicate. But once you go into the shatters, it's too deep. The, the, the box casters can't transmit. Okay. Standing before the seal, dressed in his large black hat and matching trench coat, is the commissar who, in spite of the disparity between him and the seal, is in no way diminished by its massive size. You see Jertz run up to the platform uh, and flips the switch and comes back down, nodding a quick little salute to uh, somebody who's going to take over the seal switch for him. With a tremendous noise, the clamps release from the stone. The beast handlers start whipping the animals and with some grunting and protesting, they start uh, pulling the seal forward. It's a lot of moaning and creaking and cracking of, of metal. As the seal pulls away from the wall, moving one centimeter by one centimeter, a yellow gas spills out around the seal, pouring out from the interior and reeking of spoiled meat. Moments after the spew begins, it stops. The commissar stands ready, a grim smile spread across his lips, his hand hovering near the bolter at his side. After nearly 30 minutes of straining, the beasts open the seal wide enough to let you through. The commissar turns to you and gestures for, the, for you to enter, offering one last piece of advice. May the emperor watch over you. Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> I'm defeated. I'm defeated. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a piss. In the, uh, I'm sorry for those of you listening. Like, while this was going on, I had to use the bathroom. And while I was using the bathroom, I'm thinking, holy shit, I'm like half drunk. <laughs> how, am I dro- how am I going home? Yeah, whatever. I'm going home. How are you driving? I don't have to leave for another hour. You got an hour? Yeah. A power nap? Yeah. It cures everything. <laughs> um... <laughs> Wow. Uh, by the way, oh shit. Ah, never mind. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, for those concerned, um, I forgot to mention it at the beginning of the episode, but I did in fact get my Cuisinart carafe. Oh, what did you call it? A carafe? A carafe? Giraffe? Yes, one of those. Well, I got it in the mail, and everything is great. We'll put a picture up on Instagram. I think that's fair. Good. Brewing some we're, paladin we're coffee. We're never going to remember <laughs> to put a picture of this thing on Fuck Instagram. yes. This shit is going on Instagram with some paladin 
Cameroon light roast medium course coffee. Woo! Which is delicious. I'm drinking a. Uh, well, I was drinking Laos coffee. Or Lao coffee. Oh, I didn't even Lao. have the Lao. Lao. All right, next week. I next week. We'll have to fuck a, around with that. I bought a contraption for my basic bitch Keurig. Uh, that's a refillable K cup. Oh, yes, yes. And you put that through it. Yes. How is it? it it's thick. <laughs> Get out of here, really? Yeah. Which is good uh, because that's how I like my coffee. Okay. Um, okay. Like borderline, I'm going to have a stroke. No way. Really? It. Yeah. That's why I like that coffee from Doe. What, um, um, what roast did you get with that? Light, medium, I think dark? it's just medium. I don't think they're you can choose. Yeah. Oh, okay. They only offer it as a medium yeah. roast. Okay. All right. Well, next uh, next time. Uh, you know what I should do next time? I'll bring... I have two French presses. I'll bring both of them. We'll French press the fucking snot out of uh, Cameroon and Lao coffee. And we'll try. We'll see what we think. Or at least next time we do gameplay session, we'll do that. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, I had to set up like a, a, a coffee table, a legit coffee table for coffee. Right, not a coffee table in like a living room. Right. Like right. one that we, I gotcha. What a fucking episode. What the fuck happened this episode? Uh, so we, uh, let's start from the beginning. Uh, we were taking off towards Lavinia 7 and uh, a little reroute. Genevieve. Uh, so hot. Long hair. Beautiful. <laughs> Still don't know what color it is, but gorgeous. <laughs> I could probably answer it, but I'm too lazy no, to go whatever. back through the gameplay. No, I, at this point, I'd rather not know. Every episode should be a different color. Yes, it changes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had to get redirected to the... I'm an idiot, by the way. I'm sorry. What happened? I, I went to light my pipe, and you know, sometimes I forget that we're recording... <laughs> That we're recording a podcast. I feel like just the two of us are just right. bullshitting. Yeah. So I had the pipe. Um, I don't know if I could paint the picture for people listening, but like the, the microphone, wh- when I talk into the microphone, it's what what would you say? Maybe like an inch yeah. in front of my mouth. Yeah. yeah, I put the pipe like on the other side <laughs> and it went to light. And I'm like, like, why is Hagam not inhaling anything? <laughs> Fucking idiot. Get that mega in there. And- Maybe I should start LARPing. I don't Get my mind. Very sad things. episode. We're very Fucking dour today. Very sad. Dude, dour is definitely the word of the day. I wonder if we should switch to a word of the day segment. Oh, I got to write that down. The Warhammer word of the day. Mm. Dour. Dour. AIDS. Ass <laughs> AIDS. Right. ATM. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to light this fucking pipe. I don't want to set the West Cabin on fire. Mm. Whatever he has, I'm just doing my scruff. Uh, oh, I can't grow scruff. Let me try. Oh, there you go. Dude, this fucking pop filter is good. Oh, actually, actually, I'm sorry. Actually, so, that would probably be a case that it's bad. <laughs> I think it's supposed no, to I don't think filter. It's good. Oh. <sighs> just lean in behind the ear and just ever so slightly. <sighs> just lean in behind his ear and say, I love you. 
Would you? <laughs> Would you? Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we get redirected to the Gorgonid mine. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, for dubious reasons. We're not exactly sure why we're going over there, but we're going. Uh, we land. It's a military encampment. And the first character we meet is the ill-fated Edwin Jertz. I like Jertz. Jertz was good. He uh, never really got an opportunity to shine in combat. Uh, no, you're right. He... he uh No, he didn't. So, well, he was a recruit. You right. know, yeah. Um, so he was very happy to see uh, you and Genevieve and the also ill-fated Roy Rogers. <laughs> oh shit, Roy Rogers! I forgot about Roy. <laughs> uh, expert improv skills from the Dyson Pipes crew, <laughs> Roy Rogers. That's great. What's his name? Roy. Roy what? Rogers. <laughs> I'm going with it. <laughs> Go right along with it. Loves double cheeseburgers. One of my favorite fast food chains from being a kid. Yes. <clears throat> they also did have individual condiment packets. Oh, my God. Fucking with sons this? of bitches. And that's why they went they out of also, business. They, also, they didn't go out of business. They're still on the throughways. Bullshit. Roy yeah. Rogers still exists? Yeah. Only on, Where? The th- only on the throughway. I'm going. Going upstate. You and I, road trip, Roy Rogers. Okay, I'm I would down. do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they still give their fries in a cardboard holster. No, they that you don't. Can attach to your belt, so you can have a holster. Of I'm fries. buying five of them. I'm just gonna put them <laughs> all on my belt and eat while I drive home. Uh, shortly after meeting uh, Jerts, we're introduced to the very curmudgeonly Sergeant Raynard. Dude, he starts off as a complete dick. Like I don't like him at. All. He doesn't seem to like you, so right. it's a mutual. Well, the feelings mutual. Uh, so you're at this camp, and basically, what we know is that there was some kind of uprising in the mine, uh, and the this imperial detachment was sent in to quell this rebellion, and not many people made it out alive. Right. So uh, the commissar of the system decided to seal the mine. Uh, you start exploring the camp and you meet a couple of interesting characters. One of them is a prisoner who just kind of mumbles and babbles. One of my favorite NPCs that you really have no true interaction with. Corporal Schmidt, right? Yeah, this dude. Uh, Well, there was the prisoner, but then, yeah, Corporal Schmidt is also uh, a character that you bump into. Oh, dude, I love that guy. Oh, I'm sorry. So continue. I'm jumping the gun. I don't recall which one we met first. Uh, no, you're right. It was the. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the imprisoned. Uh, yeah. So the prisoners are just kind of babbling, and before they really have a chance to get involved in the conversation, the guards kind of scare the the prisoners away. And then yes, we meet the the ill-fated corporal. Yes. Who is just batshit crazy. Which I love. Which I I think just paints this picture like this cool picture of what the fuck did this guy come across in the mine, you know. And I think it really kind of opens your mind to the possibilities of what potentially exists behind the sealed door. Right. 
Yeah, and I like shell shocked. Oh, completely shell shocked, but not your typical shell shock that you would think of like in now. Right. You know, this is this is pretty cool. Uh, eventually, we meet Commissar Nillis, and he basically re-explains why you're here. Uh, he also expresses a little bit of concern, along with Sergeant Raynard, maybe not so eloquently, uh, that he's upset that the Inquisitor himself has not come. Right. Uh, and there's a reason for that, which we have not yet explored. The Commissar mentions... Uh, some strange documents. Oh, oh, ASMR. Is this bad for... <laughs> this no, bad no, for go for it. That I'm adjusting this in the middle? Fucking hell. You, you gotta have some slack. Dude, it's like killing me. Every time I try to move this fucking boom arm, it's like, it's all tight. And now I'm like half drunk, so I can't... Look at this. What we're trying to do is re-affix the microphone cable to the boom arm using a very... You, uh, you should be a little more descriptive. Um, <laughs> what we're trying to do is I'm trying to reaffix, but I'm too fucking drunk to get it the right way. <laughs> and bear with me. I'm sorry. What the fuck am I doing? All right. I think I got it. Hold on. Hold on. Nope. Uh, uh, yep. Just wrap it around. Yeah. No. Nah, no. What the, the fuck? The fuzzy end has to go nah, to the prickly the end. Way? See, oh, oh, oh! What an idiot! Oh, you had it backwards. I had it backwards. All right, so we're gonna put the sure labeled Velcro strap. See now, the thing with Velcro is the soft part goes on the prickly part, and through modern ma modern technology. <laughs> Dude, I don't get it. Nope. You, this goes. The prickly part goes into the soft part. I mean, it's, it's right, Velcro. It's to go this way. Yeah. They, oh, go around the. It. So it's got to go this way. You got to go around the wire through okay. the mountain and across oh, the shit. woods to grandmother's house. We go. And this is like sex for the first time. Don't so don't get tangled up with the the spring of the boom arm. So should I? That that's my problem. Nah, I keep ending up on the outside. Whatever. We'll deal with this later. Dude, what am I doing? No, no, no you can fix it. Don't give up. Don't be a quitter. Only quitters use drugs. But the <laughs> only quitters use drugs. <laughs> oh, so that is right. Oh, I can do that. So this goes this way. I'm okay, sorry. so we're going through the the gap in the right, like horizontal section of the boom arm. We're affixing the, the microphone cable to the top of the boom arm, trying to utilize this space-aged Velcro technology. And we're just going to spin it. Good. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Fucking nailed it right there. Look at that. Look at that. Look. look. Do, you see that? Do, do you want me to come over real yeah, quick? Yeah, can you please? Yeah, okay, hold on. Holy you can, shit, you I'm can a narrate. fucking retard. Dude, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm coming. Look at this. It's like fucking a prostitute. Like, you think you're hitting the walls, but you're really not. You know? You think you're making her happy, but nope. Nope, you're not. I wait. What are you doing? No, this isn't right. Stop it. Stop it. No way. How the fuck did you do that? Oh my god. Man down. Man down. I got it. 
We're good. Dude, that's fucking awesome. All right, we're good. Thank you, Brian. You saved the day. Whew. Holy shit, I was about to end up like Corporal Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy is fucked. That's much better. Much better. Look at this. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm safe. I'm safe. Okay. Now I feel good. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to interrupt. Thank you for getting out of your seat and, and helping me with this problem. You're welcome. That's why we're a good team. Yes. Where were we? Uh, I don't remember. Let me get my notes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Nobody was happy that we were here without the Inquisitor. Right. And you specifically took exception to that. Well, uh, I was very upset by that. I think uh, amongst all the other litany of issues that Bannon has, uh, he may have an inferiority complex because you were not happy about being um, uh, thought of as less than. Well, I think also part of my problem was, and I never, uh, well, not me, but Bannon's problem, um, and, and he was kind of upset because it was never stated by uh, um, Genevieve. Like, she, she never brought up the fact that, like, hey, look, we're here. The Inquisitor sent us here. Like, this should be good enough for you. And I think that plays into part of the problem with doing a one-on-one -on -one campaign because I have a hard time having two NPCs go at it between the two of them. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, I agree. And I think that's just going to be a byproduct of doing a one-on-one one -on -one campaign. Because uh, in my mind, I, obviously I have the brain power to do it, but it seems very bizarre to me to have... Genevieve and this commissar going back and forth with you standing in the background when right. you're supposed to be the player. I, I, I try to envision it as the um, as like a TV show. And a lot of TV shows will have like 24, right? Jack Bauer is like the, the lead guy. Right. Uh, and I try to kind of play it that way where if somebody is talking, they're talking to you. They're not talking to Genevieve. Um. Going back and doing it again, I probably would have split the group. She would have gone to the quartermaster to get gear. You would have gone to the commissar to alleviate this bizarre thing where she's bringing you into the fold, and right. then it comes time to talk about shit that she knows about, and she just vanishes right <laughs> into the background. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, but then also on the flip side, like I can see, you know, if she's like this. Uh, if if she's the liaison on behalf of the Inquisitor, like why would she not be talking to the Commissar? So right. like I I can get that too. Um, and I agree one hundred percent. Like th this is not the downside, but this is like the hiccup or the the hurdle that you come across when it comes to a one v one or a one on one uh, campaign. You know, part of the problem for me as a player is trying to figure out like where my place is, like. You know, so here's this bitch who kind of like like dragged me into this. Like, now am I supposed to speak for her? You know, right? And um, the good thing is, as the GM, I think if I do, like, you can always determine some sort of like consequence for me speaking at a turn on her behalf, right? If that was to take place, you know, which is which is pretty cool, you know. So the commissar lets slip that there's some kind of uh, infernal or maybe heretical documents 
involved in this whole thing. But uh, refuses to show us. Right. And this may be why the Inquisitor is pulling the plug on the previous mission and going directly here. Right. Uh, and from there, you convince him to give you a, a, a team. And really, the team consists of uh, our buddy Roy Rogers, uh, Jertz, Genevieve, and yourself. And we make our way to the entrance of the mine. And the entrance of the mine is a gigantic iron door right. with the Imperial Eagle uh, emblazoned on the front of it. And it is opened via the first time in this campaign so far that we've we've actually explored alien animals uh, pulling this thing open. And you're warned that it takes about an hour to open the door. So if you need to leave, make sure you're not leaving in a hurry because it won't go well. And that's where pretty much the session ends. And shit's going to get real interesting <laughs> inside this mine. Yeah, I cannot wait until next episode. I can't wait because uh, uh, the episode is great, but I can't wait to break down the episode. Like right. th- this is probably this is going to be like my favorite episode to break down. Yeah, this is next week. Even between I think this and D and D, the next episode is the most intensive with. I think everything. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then the, the the kind of surprise at the end of it, which is which is neat. So, yeah, I enjoy it. All right. Anything else? No, I think uh, we pretty much covered everything. It's kind of shitty on the commissar's part to like he sees that we're here on behalf of the Inquisitor, and we're leading this expedition into this mine, and all he does is give us a fucking recruit. Like, that's a dick move in retrospect. Like, that, even in the moment, like, that is a dick move. Well, I mean, maybe because he's already lost so many men. Yeah, but here you have a party on behalf of the Inquisitor that, that, you know, you're you're hoping to come to some sort of resolution for the problem that exists here. And all you do is give the party that shows up a recruit. Like, you don't even give them, like, some sort of, like, like, expedition squad. Like, somebody to... I'm sorry, a what? Well, this is a good way to end it. Hold on. Bear a, with a me. What, an exposition squad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expose. I remember that band. They were great when I was a kid. <laughs> Fuck me. Hold on. Bear with me. Don't you have a dice tray? You missed a tray. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> oh, I got three icons. That's fucking bullshit. Mind you, the two that fell out, they were both ones. And that's why you have a dice tray. You're supposed to roll inside of the tray, and that's what counts. Only inside of the box. You know what? I'm going to spend my point what? of ruin. And You didn't get ruined. Yes, you I didn't did. Roll six. Drink. You fuck. I didn't have any ruin. I lied to you. You're a bitch. <laughs> I knew you didn't. <laughs> Fucking, I drank anyway. Yeah, I'll drink too. Fucking hell. Okay. Yes. Uh, So... Uh, two LARPing. Very sad episode. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, to the modern marvels of Velcro. 
Dude, it took me a while to... Actually, I didn't figure it out. It didn't even take me a while to figure it out. I just never figured it out. You did. So thank you. Thank you for your help. <laughs> Dude, dice. And pipes.